Ew. Oh, I didn't make it that time. Hello. Are we recording? <sighs> I'm getting real fucking sick of you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, last week uh, we did the old Transformers. Last week, which it totally is right now. Yeah, we're not. We didn't. Shoot I mean, this these. the wist. Uh, it's next week. I mean, fuck. Um, it's it's a time later. What? Uh, we brought up our uh, Vladimir Putin story. And then didn't tell and it. didn't tell it, so. <laughs> In classic degenerate form. And I'm going to tell it. Uh, they're probably going to be let down, so I might just say this. Yeah, we didn't meet Vladimir Putin. <laughs> um, uh, it was, what was it? It was you, me, uh, Jack Mangini, I think. Uh, yep. Nick Badami was definitely there. Of course, Nicky Bad Meme. Nicky Bad Meme. So... We're all hanging outside Tex-Mex like we did every night back in 2017. It's got to be before that. Really? 16, 2017? Maybe. That was a long time ago already. It was a very long time ago. So so we're hanging out outside. They had some outdoor tables, and we're just chilling like on a sidewalk eating burritos at like 11 p.m. And this guy in like a Subaru Outback shows up. No, no, no. It was not a Subaru Outback wasn't he rolled up in like a, a fucking like chevy from like 1970 all, all i know is there was just so much stuff in his trunk he had like that hatchback <laughs> he had a big like he had a flatbed but he had one of those canopy covers over it yeah it was like a pickup truck with like a, a hard top but you were just able to see everything i'm like dude there's so much stuff in there so like a bunch of guys i think it was like the day of like it, it it was the day of the the senior scavenger hunt. I mean, we had all graduated, but because I remember like five minutes before this dude rolled up, this fucking naked dude with like a bandana on just sprinted into Seven Eleven and he was screaming, dude. <laughs> He was so fast and so pale, and it was so quiet out. You only we heard- saw him before we heard him. Yeah. It, was like, yeah. it, was like, it was like just, <laughs> dude. It it was, was, <laughs> was like, <laughs> but dude, it was, he broke the sound barrier. <laughs> but it was so quiet that you really did just hear his like bare feet on the pavement, just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, what the fuck? And then like a bunch of guys are in like. A, uh, they were in a like a, a Wrangler with like the top off it. They're all hanging out with like a megaphone, and they're like, "Oh my god, he actually fucking did it!" Or maybe it was one of those like Braylon's naked in Seven Eleven. I got paint. Braylon is naked in the Seven Eleven, and now he's got to shove peanut up in him, up his ass. He's got to rub the peanut butter on his balls. Oh man. So, I gotta lick it off now. So, so this fucking guy rolls up, and he like wobbles out of his car, and he just looks at the guys with the megaphone and goes, "No, no, you know what? They they were a pickup truck too. It wasn't a Wrangler, or I might one of those. They were hanging Jeeps. out in some kind of car. It was a pickup truck because yeah. I remember they were like in the bed. Yeah, and they were just like like screaming through the whole parking lot. So this guy like wobbles out of his car. And just goes like, hey, man, <laughs> the, what he, the first thing he said, he was like, these girls only like you because of your big dicks. And we were like, that, that's probably a valid reason that a girl would, would like a guy. I remember everything he said. So and he goes, I, I, that is burned in my, well, first of all, he walks up to us. There's something about Burger King. He walks, <laughs> he walks up to us. 
First thing he does is step on step on Nick's foot. Oh, and Nick whispered to me. He goes, because Nick is very just. He goes, if this guy steps on my foot one more time, I'm leaving. And the guy was like drunk, and he kept like leaning on his foot. So he leaned on Nick's foot one more time, like immediately. Nick got up and went home. <laughs> All right, well, you skip it to the end. That was the beginning. No, Nick no. wasn't even around for the whole thing. He stepped right on Nick's foot. He walks up. He goes. He, he's like staring at them, and he just walked right up to us. We didn't prompt this. He just wandered up to us, and he goes. Uh, he goes, man, get a load of these guys. Huh? And he like came off fairly normal, and then he goes, they only like you because of your big dicks. And we went, that's not a good thing to yell at someone. Cool. <laughs> like, that sounds like a perfectly good... I was like, I, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> and then he goes, these fucking animals. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, they're fucking megaphones. He goes, they're fucking hot tubs. And then he goes, the nearest Burger King isn't for five miles. Which isn't true. And I was sitting there, I go, there's a Burger King right down the street It was there. right, it was right. You could see the fucking... <laughs> It was right down Dude, the road. He, he fucks. So then he's like, uh, he's standing there and he's just like mumbling. He was drinking a pink drink out of a red solo cup. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, hey, you got any more of this? this whole- he goes, he goes, you got any more of this? I'm like, I didn't give that to you. He goes, he goes man, this shit's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, uh, He's like, you know, man, the, the hard thing about life, you know, man, is sometimes you just got to like, you got to take a shit, wipe it <laughs> up and try, try again, again, man. That, that's Words what to a, live by, yeah, brother. Man, yeah. Amen. So I told him, I said, dude, I said, I, I got to get a picture with you. <laughs> I can't let this night come to an end because I was also uh, just out of it. I'm like, I need to. I, and the guy goes, fuck that, man. He's like, I ain't no faggot. And then he like goes to walk towards his car, immediately turns around and goes, hell yeah, I'll take a picture. <laughs> like, okay. So I take a picture with the guy. He goes, all right, dude, I'm out of here like Vladimir. Kicking <laughs> some like balls deep in a burrito. He just goes, Putin? <laughs> the guy's like, fuck it, man. And I think... I think he asked if one of us had a sleeping bag because <laughs> he was clearly living in his car and he gets in. Oh, and he goes, tell your friend he can have the rest of my drink. And I think he was ref- that was his apology for stepping on Nick's foot so many times. And he yeah, just got in his car and fucking left. Well, there's and- two things you missed. The um, There was... <laughs> Ian was there and he had his like tea, he had his like vape pen. Oh, uh, that kid could puff the craziest shit out of a vape. He has a he has like one of those, you know, fucking guy. TLC THC pens and yeah, he's hitting big, it. Like, and he goes, he goes, "You want some of this, man?" And the guy goes, "Oh, hell yeah, brother." Sticks it in his mouth, pulls a big lighter out, lights it. Lit <laughs> a vape. Yeah, he's trying to light the end of a vape. And Ian's like, "No, no, no dude, you just press the button." He goes, <laughs> He's trying to light a fucking vape. He's trying to light the end of it. And he goes, no, 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 man, you just press the button. And he pops out of his mouth and goes, oh, fuck that, dude. And just tosses it back to him. Oh, my God. Dude, this dude was standing next to us for like 10 minutes. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, he kept stepping on Nick's foot. And Nick just goes, if he steps on my foot one more time, I'm fucking leaving. He steps on it again. And he just goes, 
stands up and just walks away. Dude, he fucking bailed hard. And then the man. best part was when he left, he gets into his truck, doesn't start it, and it just rolled away. <laughs> yeah. It was like a neutral. He like just... I don't even know if it was. He, he took like a dude, brick off the brake and just let like, it roll. Dude, he was like a fucking like magician. He like left like a wizard. He just gets in the car and it rolled away. Dude, that was fucking hilarious. That was like the weirdest night. Do you still have the picture? Yeah, we'll we'll put it up in our nights. Dude, oh my god, what a whack job. Like I was a crackpot. <laughs> yeah. Remember we went to 7-Eleven and there was just like a dude there with like beats on playing with like a race car? <laughs> just like... that. Yeah, then I was a fucking like, man. what the fuck? We're getting a ride home from Jack and... You you thought you were staying at Jack's and Jack the fucking gremlin he is goes. I don't like you sleeping in my house, which is weird because I would sleep there like the whole <laughs> summer. So you got pissed off and went fuck it. And you just got out and like started walking away. Everybody's freaking out and I'm shit faced in the back and I go. Car's like starting to roll. I was like, I got him, and I just opened the door and rolled out. <laughs> I just rolled out onto the fucking asphalt and just got up and was like, wait. Uh, and we were like a block from my house, so we're walking, and we stop at a 7-Eleven, and you run into the 7-Eleven to get a sandwich, and I'm- st- Where the cashier said, those aren't good. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it. It's like 3 a.m., I'm standing there outside, and I'm like, I'm I'm so drunk, but I'm just like, kind of wobbling around, like, and I look over, and there's just a guy standing there with, a, with like a remote control, he's like- <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and then all I hear is, <laughs> and I like look in the parking lot and I just see, Neow! I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I go, is that an RC car? He goes, hell yeah, man. I'm like, sick. He goes, I like to come out here at night because there's nobody in the parking lot. I'm like, yeah, well, That's why cool. would there be? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. One in the morning. He goes, three in the morning. He goes, you want to try? And I went, I'm drunk. Is that legal? And he goes, yeah, man. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right, fuck it. So I'm like driving this guy's car in circles in the parking lot. And we're just sitting there vibing out. Dude, I walk out, falls <laughs> deep in this sandwich. I just see Keegan driving an RC car. I'm like, fucking gone for like 30 seconds. Is that a fucking race car? Yeah, I was like, is that a fucking race car, man? I was like, yeah, you want to drive was, it? And was like, that the night that I woke up on your couch with, like, the worst case of alcohol tremors <laughs> in my fucking life? Maybe. I don't know. I woke up on your couch so fucking cold, just, just <laughs> freaking the fuck out. You walk out of your room, you're like, morning. I'm like, dude, I don't fucking feel good, man. I don't fucking feel good. And I'm, like, just shaking, like, everything fucking hurts. And you were just, it was impressive of how <laughs> no help you were. Where you were just like looking you over me. To do, suck your blood out? You were just like, you just look at me like, fucking drunk. I'm like, <laughs> Keegan, I'm not fucking around. I don't feel no, good. No, that's not what happened. You were like, what's going on with me, man? I went, oh, no, that's withdrawal. And you were like, what? I was like, yeah, those are alcohol tremors. And you're like, what the fuck is an alcohol tremor? <laughs> yeah. I went, that. 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 You just get a mirror. <laughs> that's like, an alcohol. I was like, it's like the first like sign of like alcohol withdrawal. That that was back when my drinking was, was fucking bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But right, you know what, dude? I had something to say. 
and then it was lost to the liquor. <laughs> lost in that great big whiskey barrel of a brain you get. Wet brain. Dude, I'm actually sweating. It's the it's the it's the wet seeping out. Ew. Like <laughs> coming out my ears. Why'd you we lick should do an episode. Why did you lick it? Don't move on to the next point like you didn't just lick it. Nah. Nah. I, Why'd you lick it? Because you said it was it was alcohol. <laughs> no, it's not. But that's what I'm drinking, so the sweat coming out is alcohol. And it's me. It's not like I'm licking your forehead. Please don't. Alright, we gotta do a pot. We're 13 minutes in. <laughs> Granted, this is gonna be diced up. <clears throat> Let's do a podcast. All right. You didn't ask me. Do you want me to ask you? No, you do you want to do a podcast? <laughs> Listen, we're freestyling from now on. Well, now we got to keep that in, that long pause. You didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you seemed so heartbroken. You didn't ask. You didn't, you didn't ask. I don't like the way, I don't like your tone, mister. <laughs> um... All right, folks. I'm excited for this. Keegan, Keegan's very excited, and I actually want to thank Keegan for showing me this movie. This is one of my favorite movies on the planet. He showed me this movie years ago after it first came out. Keegan immediately bought it on DVD. <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of this uh, writer slash director. We've talked about him numerous times. One of my favorites. I'm introducing him like he's here with us, but he's not. Give it up for Edgar Wright and his movie Baby Driver. Dude, what you showed me this movie, and I've never seen you so obsessed with a movie that you showed me. There were times where I was watching it, you're like, did did you see what he did? You're like, dude, look at everything. Like, look what's going on. It's it's such a perfect movie. It it is, man. It's so really no I I if you ask me what I don't like about it at the end of it, I probably won't be able to tell you anything. I didn't like... Shut up! I didn't like how Shut Kevin up. Spacey was a pedophile. Uh, no, you like the way he fucks kids. I do. He's got a very good rhythm with his kid fucking... <laughs> Back when he was fucking me as a child. Oh, yeah. Kevin Spacey? More like Kevin Spread Me. Oh. <laughs> Kevin Spread Me. No, don't. Um, Let me pull up my few notes. Do you want to do a plot summary? Yeah, I want to do a plot. Well, I'll I'll give it... Make it super brief. Yeah, I I will absolutely shit the bed if you don't go see this movie. I will perpetually shit the bed. This is probably like one out of the four movies we did that we highly fucking recommend. Turn this fucking podcast off and go watch it. Yeah, and then and then come back this for all is of a, our viewer. Genuinely. Oh, look who's drinking now. Well, I've been with you for about three hours now. The fuck is that supposed to mean? I'm only driving drunk because that bitch drove me to drink. Hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> what song is that? Uh, Eminem? I think 
He's just got so many words. I can't keep up. <laughs> that guy, he's been making words for so long. Dude, every, uh, fucking Slim Shady. Had a set of, 20, said, uh, had a set of twin babies in a Mercedes Benz with the windows up and the temp goes up to the mid 80s. Sorry, Doc, but I've been crazy. <laughs> it's okay. Go with him, Jennifer. Who? Got him. Uh, Eminem is just so much better like than everyone that he's in like a song with. It's so funny. Like I put on Forgot About Dre to not listen to It's called to so Dr. much Dre. better, by the way. All right. Folks, get ready for this week's share plot summary with Keegan. Dun, 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 dun. Actually, can I redo that? Hold on. No. Hold on. Hold on. Just give, just give me a sec. Because I, I think that this is what I've been doing for the last like eight weeks. It's like Hold the on. Jeopardy music. No, it's not Jeopardy. How do you spell? All right, get ready for this week's plot summary with Kagan. Now that's not it. I want you to know, whatever you play, we can't put on here because it'll get copyright. That's Family Feud, though. Was it Jeopardy? Whatever it is, you can't play it or else we'll get a copyright strike. What the fuck is that? Uh, just play the fucking thing. The this week's plot summary with There's Keegan. There's nothing to play. You do it manually. Shit, I meant <laughs> I meant to say the thing. Oh. Do the plot summary, you fuck. Alrighty, so we are. Not a beer. We're in Atlanta in an unspecified time and place, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we meet our friend Baby. Baby is hanging out in a. In a car with his three compatriots, and they're about to rob a fucking bank, brother. B-A-B-Y, baby. Shut up. They're about to rob a bank, all right? Uh, three of the dudes run all into the bank, and they start shooting the place up like crazy, and our friend Baby stays back because he's the getaway driver, all right? And he's got his little iPod. He turns it on. He starts listening to uh, Bell Bottoms by the... John Spencer Blues by the... Spen- by John Stewart. <laughs> So anyway. All right. So then they rob the bank. They make their way out. Take off. All right. Then a baby shows some of the most impressive driving you've ever seen. He makes a valiant getaway uh, through trickery and deception. And then he goes to buy coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he goes back to his house, uh, talks with his deaf stepdad. Uh, they talk about how he doesn't want to be you know, driver anymore. He doesn't want to be a getaway driver. We learned that he doesn't, he, he didn't really choose to be a getaway driver. It's just that when he was a kid, he used to boost cars and he accidentally stole Kevin Spacey's car, who was like a crime boss, crime boss type. Uh, and he decides to let him steal the car and then tells him that he has to repay him the money lost. Uh, Cause it was his car and whatever drugs or shit he had in the car. He calls it merchandise. Yeah. So now Baby's working off his debt. When we meet him, he's only got two or three more jobs left before he's squared away. Um, and then we see those last two jobs. Uh, they ro- rob a bank. And then on the very last job, uh, it goes tits up. And then uh, that's where I'm going to leave it because I want you to see the movie. And that's the rest of the movie. That's how it goes tits up. That was the plot summary. That's all I'm giving you. Go watch the movie. Yeah, watch the fucking movie, man. It was sick. Uh, let's, uh, I think we should first discuss just Edgar Wright himself. I mean. I, yeah, I, Edgar Wright is probably one of my favorite 
modern directors. Yeah, he's very up there for me. If you're unfamiliar with Edgar Wright, he did this movie. He did Scott Pilgrim. He did Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, The World's End. He did Last Night in Soho. I still have to see that. Oh, I wanted dude, to see that was, in theaters, and I never did. It was I'm so lazy cool. bitch. It was fucking cool, man. And he was, is a such. He just he he has such an interesting way of like writing a movie. Uh, dude, the 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 technological side of Last Night in Soho was unbelievable. But what's awesome about him is like his more earlier movies were really funny but in like the humor in them it was so smart and exaggerated and just ridiculous but then with baby driver which was still really funny took a more darker turn and then last night in soho was just like a crazy like thriller Mm -hmm. like a suspense thriller and you're like who the fuck is this guy and although it wasn't my favorite edgar wright film i had a couple of spots on it i respect the guy so much for just going into a complete different genre and mm-hmm. taking on a whole new crazy genre that he's never done before and the movie was still great yeah it's not but, easy to transcend genres and <clears throat> yeah kind of break out of your own mold i i know we've seen it with jordan peele recently uh edgar wright can kind of do no wrong yeah um because they take time. I mean, I just listed all of those Edgar Wright movies. I mean, oh yeah, you know he's not just banging them out year after year. You well, know? We, he we, takes his time with them. We were singing his praise last episode, but you know, we 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 said we were surprised by Michael Bay because Michael Bay has a very tight stigma attached to him, where he can only make one type of movie. Yeah. He's very good at making that type of movie. We've come to find out, but. You yeah. know, I I, I kind of I have more respect for a director and a writer that can kind of do whatever they please and do it with the same care every single time. Yeah, Ron can't go five seconds without looking at that pretty mug. I was moving it. You fucking bitch, piece of shit, asshole. Ah, yeah, get a haircut, um, hippie. Come on, but uh, yeah, Edgar Wright is the guy is just a massive talent. I um, was gonna say, um. I was gonna. I was gonna bring it up when we reviewed the movie, but we've been saying for years Edgar Wright is one of the last few directors we've been paying attention to that just understands the importance of visual storytelling and visual jokes. One hundred percent. He is a master of showing you things that are going to make you laugh and like weaving in jokes into the story. And especially because, you know, it's happening while you're just watching. Like, um, yeah, Hot Fuzz is a great example. The whole movie is pretty much like that. Because the plot and the dialogue, it's, it's smart, it's funny. A lot of the jokes are, are, are what's happening on screen. You know, yeah. you've got... He can turn something like a train ride out into the country into something funny. Because yeah. um, Simon... Peg. Peg. I almost said cowl. And I was like, I know that's wrong. Simon Peg, you know, he's Simon and Garfunkel. He moves out, he gets moved out to the country to be a cop out there, and he takes a train out there and he's he has his Japanese peace lily with him. So he's just going through the train station process with this big potted plant or yeah. backpack. And you know, and it, it it shows you know, he's sitting on a bench and he falls asleep and like then the it cuts to a train flying by. It's the middle of the night, and it wakes him up. 
And it's like all these weird little visual jokes yeah. that are just like making the experience enjoyable. It's like you're not just it's not just oh, dick yeah. fart and, and, uh, and dialogue a, joke. A, uh, a great thing that he does too is when he got stationed up to the country. He like he's like, do I have to do this? They're like, yeah. So he like you know. It shows him just packing a suitcase real quick in like one shot. It's all one shot cuts. It's like pack the suitcase at the train station. Train goes by in the cab, arrives at the hotel, and it's done like really funny. But he also, it's such a great editing style because it saves all that time, that bullshit to make a more full story of what you actually want to focus on (laughs) rather than him like doing a whole montage of the town and him showing up like he have you ever it's heard of a little movie good. called Birdemic? <laughs> like, you know, like I'm really, I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm really... Have you? No. All I... right. I think it's Birdemic. It might not be. Birdemic is a movie about, uh, <laughs> <It> was about... <laughs> Birdemic is a movie about uh, a, a, an apocalypse where the birds are fed up with humanity <laughs> <laughs> so they start killing people in by the by the millions by flying into them and exploding. And uh that movie makes me laugh because there is about 10 to 20 minutes of the beginning of the movie where the main character is just driving to get gas. And it's so <laughs> funny how long it takes. It's legit. It is like 10 to 20 minutes of just him in a blue Mustang just driving down the road. Then he makes a right turn. He drives down the road. He makes a left turn. And then you finally get to wherever he was going. And it's him pumping gas for five minutes. <laughs> and then he gets back in his car and he goes to work. That's... I hate that, but that's exactly the opposite of what Edgar Wright does. Check, check out Degenerate Movie Reviews next week when we do Birdemic. We're not doing that. I'll hold him down to make him watch it. Ain't happening. Uh, but yeah, he's he's uh, he's come a long way, Edgar Wright. And it, I think, I think like, I mean, if you're talking overall, I think Baby Driver might be his best movie. Like, if you're yeah. talking, like, in an overall sense, like, it's obviously not the funniest. Right. But I think, like, as far as, like, everything goes, I really do think this is, like, super up there. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Um, it's... I agree. It really has everything you need. It's fucking hilarious, action-packed. The, the, his shot style always impresses me. It's so unique, too. And like, it's the only movie I know that is like it. And yeah, and he's really, like you just said, he really is the only director where I'll be like, holy shit, dude, Edgar Wright has a movie coming out. Mm -hmm. Like, that's exciting. Um, And in Baby Driver, he has a lot of big names attached to this movie that don't really have these big roles. But because Mm -hmm. he's such a talent, everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll be in it. It's It's the Quentin Tarantino effect. You yeah. want to work with Quentin Tarantino so bad, you'll take whatever the fuck he gives you. Yeah. Like, so there's plenty like of a bartender for two seconds. Yeah. And it's like Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about we get into the movie? Yeah. Let's fucking do it. Um, First of all, I want to say this brings me great joy, but there's no dialogue in this movie for like the first 10 minutes. I didn't even notice that. It is so nice. I feel like 90% of the movies we've ever reviewed 
opens with narration. And it's no secret how I fucking feel about it at this point. Dude, uh, two, two, two characters don't even talk in this movie for like the first like 10 at, minutes. At least I know the opening scene is like seven minutes. Yeah. The car chase alone is, is several minutes. Yeah. And then there's the little bit before that. And then there's the coffee shop scene, which that is the first dialogue. And it's the guy going, what do you want? Yeah. And baby just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Let me get four coffees, four black was, coffees. What's your name, baby? Baby? Baby. B-A-B-Y baby. B-A-B-Y baby. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it jump, first of all, jump straight into the action. Um, it's got a great hook, man. I, 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 like, it blows me away that, that anybody would not choose to open their movie like this. I know. It's so refreshing and so nice to just get into it. Like, I don't, so many of these movies, they waste so much fucking time sitting there telling you shit you can just know. Like, all right, I can tell that these guys are criminals. They are all dressed the same yeah. and they have guns. Then they go into a bank and they rob it. Okay, I get it. They're bank robbers. Okay, baby stays behind in the car. I get it. He's the getaway driver. Baby puts on some music. Okay, I get it. And then he starts singing, dancing along to it. He likes music. This is all being established, yeah. and nobody has said a word. And I get it. I understand it. I I, I understand. I, I don't need to be yeah. spoon-fed. And, you know, because it easily could have opened up with him pulling up to the bank and, you know, the guys get out to go rob the bank, and he could be like, that's me in the car, baby. Yeah. I'm a getaway <laughs> driver for these guys because, you know, I'm the best there is. But, like, it could have been really fucking annoying. And and baby but does have and baby does have a really interesting backstory, but he he's never the one to say it, and he's never he never even he barely even acknowledges it. Like yeah. it's it's not something for him to talk like, about. And Edgar Wright obviously follows that show don't tell rule with his backstory, but he also doesn't harp on it too long. Yeah, we know baby's backstory from throughout the entire two hour movie, maybe like. Maybe five minutes mm-hmm. is spent on his backstory, but you already know enough. So I was going to ask you too. Um, so there is a big chunk of exposition in this movie, and it is mostly Baby's backstory. But it, I, I wanted to talk about like how you can do exposition properly. Because it's the scene where Kevin Spacey is explaining to Jamie Foxx. I love that fucking who, yeah, scene. Yeah, who exactly Baby is. Because Jamie Foxx is a character named Bats, and he doesn't understand why uh, he like Kevin Spacey always has this kid as the getaway driver who doesn't speak, and he always has headphones in. He's like, and, and Kevin Spacey's like, don't fucking worry about it. But he's like, Bats is a persistent little shit. Yeah. So then Kevin Spacey just breaks it down for him and it is it's literally just a chunk of exposition. Like we've seen it a million times and we've we've sh- you know shit on it plenty of times, but like the way he does it isn't insulting in the slightest. Um it made me fucking laugh when I yeah, watched I, it last night again. He was like drawing this map of their next heist and then like he like looks he gives Jamie Foxx a chance. Kevin Spacey's like if he wasn't good, would I vouch for him? And then, but that just wasn't enough for Jamie Foxx. He's like, yeah, but why the fuck does he just never say anything? Like, what's his deal? What what is up with this fucking guy? And you know, and I'll let you take it away if you want. Yeah, it's uh, I th- I think it's it it 
It helps that it was Kevin Spacey who, despite being a scumbag, is a very excellent actor. Phenomenal. Um, I will continue to watch Kevin Spacey. That's one of the, I think that's one of the parts is it takes a lot of talent and charisma to deliver exposition in a way that doesn't make you want to punch someone out. Um, he's not just dryly saying it. He's like, he's emphasizing. He's like, he's like, you know who that is? He's like, that's the, you ever heard of the ghost of 85? He's like, that's him. That's that. He's like, that's, that's the kid. He was tearing up the, you know, tearing, having evading cops. He's like, you drove up the highway with no headlights on. He's giving this crazy epic story. Yeah. And he's like, that's our guy. And it doesn't even like, I don't even think it shows baby really. Baby's just in the back sitting just there. sitting there like. And he has headphones on because he always has headphones on because he has tinnitus. Yeah. So he's all, he's just staring off. That's another thing that you learn in that moment. Uh, where, Still got a hum in the drum. Yeah, but Bats is like Bats is like, why the fuck is he always wearing headphones? He's like insulted by it. He's like, how am I supposed to trust this guy if he's not even fucking paying attention? And he's like, no, he's got tinnitus. He wears the headphones because he still has a hum in the drum. He's like, he was in an accident when he was a kid. Like that. All right, there we go. It's very go. basic, very cut and dry. And it's there's no fat on that line. And there's, again, Edgar Wright, the way he does exposition, yeah, he doesn't make it boring. It's fucking funny when Kevin Spacey's telling this story. He's so excited. Yeah. He's like, and then he tried stealing my Mercedes and I didn't stop him because I was just so impressed by the balls on this kid. By the balls on this kid. So I just let him fucking do it. <laughs> and, it and he's like, I didn't even try to stop him. And it's, yeah, his, 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 like, Kevin Spacey's acting definitely made that exposition even better. I think what helped too is he's preoccupied. Like, he's telling, so. If you're going to do exposition, you should probably do it character to character. Nobody should ever just be saying it out loud. Like that's like the most yeah, annoying way you could do exposition. But Kevin Spacey's telling Bats who doesn't know. So Bats is now our stand-in because we don't know who Baby is. Bats doesn't know who Baby is. We're learning this information at the same time Bats is. Um but Kevin Spacey while he's doing it, he's preoccupied. It's like he's barely paying attention to what he's doing. He's like He's doing all this shit on a blackboard, yeah, and and he's retelling this story, and it it's not like oh this is baby, this is who he is. It's like here's this epic tale, that's baby, yeah. And he's telling the story of baby without saying baby did this, and then you went down in the air, and then he's like you know the yeah. ghost of eighty five. Yeah, his exposition is this great tune in story. Yeah, and and uh, he says bats goes you know. He's like, but boss, wasn't that like 10 years ago? He's like, he goes, that he goes, that's our boy. He goes, boss, isn't that like 10 years ago? He's like, yeah, well, I said boy. Or he's been boosting cars since he was old enough to see over the steering wheel. Yeah. And it's like, that's just a fucking awesome way to yeah. say that. And, <laughs> and as, as, you know, uh, an actor, you, you shouldn't, like they would say actors should always be doing something. Like, I've gone to so many acting classes and shit, and it's like, you should always be doing something. So, if it was just Kevin Spacey talking to Jamie Foxx on, like, the other side of the room, like, oh, yeah, well, that's baby. He, uh, yeah, Ghost 85, he did that, the police going in circles, uh, driving with no headlights. Yeah, yeah, that's him. But, no, he's like... It's, it'd be flat. It's yeah, boring. exactly. But he's, like, writing on the board, and he's like, yeah, he's fucking crazy. He did this, this, and that. And then he acknowledges himself. He's like, look at that. I just spewed all that shit to you and drew a map at the same time. God, I'm fucking great. <laughs> Who's ready to do this? Go shop. Let's talk it. Yeah. it's you He's know, also just like a super charismatic character. Like he's so like, um, 
Like there's there's that moment where um he so Kevin Spacey lays out the whole plan. We don't see it because baby's not paying attention. Well, baby doesn't seem to be paying attention. He's listening to his music and just kind of nodding along. And this drives Bats crazy. Bats is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how am I supposed to believe that he heard a word of what you just said? And Kevin Spacey goes, baby. And he runs through the whole pops his headphones off and says what he says verbatim. And then puts his headphones back in. Kevin Spacey looks at him and goes, that's my baby. Yeah, and every character in this just had so much like charisma and like yeah. they like ooze like, so much I charm. I loved Kevin Spacey in this movie when you really shouldn't, I guess. Yeah, there he's a bad because he's kind of he's yeah he's the one of the main antagonists who's kind of holding baby's freedom hostage. Yeah, but which like, is crazy but, too because like he is the antagonist, but he's on baby's side. That's yeah. such like a. Uh, this, is a this is another example of how Edgar Wright just writes so interesting. Yeah, and I'm gonna get into. Why this movie is the next level of that version. Yeah, but because he is on, yeah, because Kevin Spacey's character, Doc, is on Baby's side. But the thing is that Baby is allowing him to make money. So he doesn't want to let him go. So he's like, I'll defend you as much as I can, but you still fucking work for me because I'm making money because of you. Mm -hmm. Like if he didn't have him as a getaway driver, you know, and even there's a scene where in the beginning after they do their first heist, he goes, uh, you know, baby gets paid the same as everybody else. And then he's like, and then they go to the parking garage and Kevin Spacey's like, you know, I hate taking candy from a baby. <laughs> Takes all of baby's cut except for like 10 grand. And he's like, here. And it's like, that's just like. Evil. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucked. He's basically holding him hostage and like throwing him breadcrumbs. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, it's he, his character is so funny because then he has that kind of redeeming moment in the end where he, I'm not, I don't want to spoil this movie at all, but uh, he kind of like he does something admirable at the end, yeah. and you're like, what? Like this guy's all over the fucking place. Yeah. Like once the jig is up, he's like, ah, eh, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just right. Like, he just doesn't care. Um, but yeah, that scene it's super interesting to me because normally, you know, I hate exposition. And normally Edgar Wright isn't one for exposition. Yeah. He's he's so visual, and this movie specifically, you learn so much uh, about a character that doesn't speak ever. Like he he's a very quiet person, um, but you learn so much about him. I, my favorite way of learning about characters is through other characters. Like personally, I think that's the best way you can learn about a character. Um, like like last week we had the Transformers. And we learn a lot about Megatron without Megatron even being there. We just yeah. know because of other characters' reactions to him and their the way they speak about him and the way they act when he shows up and, and his actions. And it's like, that's how you should learn about a character. You shouldn't learn about it through dialogue. Yeah, and Baby is such a quiet guy until he's alone. Like even the first scene when they're going to rob the bank, he's just sitting there quiet. The three guys get out, whatever, go to rob the bank. And he immediately puts on music and starts lip syncing and dancing and playing with the windshield wipers and playing the violin of the song. And he's char- he is a charismatic guy. Yeah. And then as soon as they come back in, obviously, it's like, all right, time for business. And he fucking goes get, back get, to being a statue. But then, you know, they make him get coffee. They run through their plan and he's just sitting there like. But then when he fucking goes home, he's dancing, he's singing. And I love how much of like a kid he really is because mm-hmm. he secretly does record 
these meetings <laughs> and sessions, but not even to give to the cops or anything. He makes like beats and they're not good <laughs> at all. And like he he like takes their conversations and like sound mixes it and does these like, you know, you know, fucking whatever and adds all this like sound mixing and he makes these cassette tapes and he's got like a hundred of them. But it's only for his own amusement. But again, like that's just like something that like, yeah, young guy would fucking uh, who doesn't have any friends or really anyone that close to him would do. Yeah. Until he meets Debbie. Which, yeah. Until he meets Debbie. But I mean, it's, it's like, and he has a line where he, she goes, she's like listing all the things she knows about him. She goes, you don't talk much. And he goes, I think I've talked to you more in this last like couple days than I have all year. And you're like year, yeah. <laughs> all year, baby. Yeah. Or when he orders coffee, he's just very quick and smooth about it. And they're like, baby, you'll be ABY baby. Yeah. He's like, let me get a uh, four coffees. Cream chick, and that's it. Or I love that he's he's listening to uh, I don't know the name of the song, but uh, the lyrics go yeah yeah oh yeah. the Harlem Shuffle yeah and yeah, he's like he's yeah, got yeah yeah he takes the, the headphone off to shuffle. order and the guy's like can I help you and he's like yeah 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 like as the song does it yeah like everything is in sync this movie flows beautifully well so why don't we it get into uh, like fucking butter why don't we get into why that is. So this, the writing of this movie is like the main reason I saw the movie. I heard about Edgar Wright talking about it briefly. Edgar Wright wrote this movie um, by, he wrote the soundtrack first and then wrote the movie around the soundtrack. Every single little detail and, and story elements and scenes are all dictated by the music. Yeah. And that is fucking insane to me. That is nuts. Every so the scene is baby's walking to the coffee shop. He gets the coffee and then he walks home. He does that all to the song. And as he's going, he's all of his actions are dictated by the song. He's walking, and uh, there's a part where a trumpet goes. That and just as that happens, he's walking past a. a a trumpet store and there's a mannequin with a trumpet and he mirrors the, the, yeah. the mannequin perfectly and does the trumpet thing and keeps walking. And then there's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then all the lyrics of the song are like graffitied in the streets. They're too. on the walls behind him as he's walking past. Um, and there's like weird little mini stories playing out. Like as he's walking, there's like a couple fighting in the background. There's cops kind of creeping around that he's trying to avoid. Yeah. Uh, there's a Jesus freak screaming about shit on the side of the road and kind of my favorite part about it is when he's in, he's in the coffee shop and he, he orders the coffee and he kind of turns around to just kind of like, you know, wait for the coffee. And that's when he sees Debbie, yeah. as, you know, the main love interest and she's walking past. And if you're paying attention to the background, which I hope you are. There was a graffitied heart on the wall, and when she walks past it, it's now filled in red. It, it was just a heart. Yeah, or it was outlined like black or something. Yeah, and then when she walks past, it's filled in red. And that's just like... Yeah, because here's the thing, because that doesn't make any fucking sense. No. But it's like, yeah, boom. Okay, it's called Love at First Sight. Yeah, it's called Visual Storytelling. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. And again, and that's, this is a guy that just, 
he will not rush art. No, no, he that, will that's... fucking take his time to think about all these details. And again, me, we spoke about this when we did Transformers, the Michael Bay one. It's like you know, yeah, he put in a lot into that movie, and you were saying shit about like how the military scenes, like oh, they do this because of this, and it's like you're like, yeah, that was pretty cool. It's like yeah, because these directors are thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And when they do it, they want you to have that reaction of, oh, that was cool. It's like, I know I did this on purpose because I want you to think it's cool. Yeah. And I want you to zone in on this fucking story that's happening right now. And it's just like a, it's it's like a, it's such an interesting way to tell a story. And it's like, yeah, we could you could sit there and we could watch baby be like, wow, she's really hot. It's like, yeah, but let me get is that coffee. really worth filming and spending money on and yeah. making me watch it? Or is like coming up with a, a cool way to visualize that? Is that not better? Yeah, and like, he, um, I was gonna say, and a, like ninety percent of the actions in this movie are synced up with some form of music. Oh, it's insane! Yeah, it every, is, so like every just s- insane. Like even the parts that are minor, like there's like a drum beat or like a bass tune, and it's like boom, 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 ba dum, bum, bum. And it's Doc laying out the cash, and he lays it out like, and it just lines up. And there's even such smaller parts that you could just miss, but everything is in beat and there's very there's very few moments in this movie where music isn't playing. Yeah, and that's because the music is driving the story. The music is yeah. the, The movie is in direct tandem with the music because the music came first. And the story came after. Yeah. That's the part that blows me away about Edgar Wright. Is I wouldn't even think to do that. That sounds insane to me. Yeah, I mean to, to write down the soundtrack before you've written a single that word. You don't know. And yeah, and then and then, like clearly, he obviously had to like have an idea. Like, all right, this song is going to play when he sees the girl he loves. All right, uh, this song is going to play during the chase scene. It's like, but then to. Tie the details to the details of the song is genius, and I, I don't. Yeah. I've I've never seen a movie like that. No, it's just insane to me. Uh, yeah, he really. And also, real quick, the cast in this movie was fucking stacked. Oh yeah, you had Ansel Elgort as Baby. You had Lily James as Deborah, the love interest. You had Kevin Spacey, Jamie Fox, John Bernthal, John Hamm. Um. I mean, there weren't too many main characters. Um, but I mean, like half the characters, half the actors you just named are side characters. Yeah. <laughs> John Bernthal's in it for maybe five minutes. Yeah, he's in it for five <laughs> minutes, but he has such a memorable part because that's what Edgar Wright does. He's not I, writing characters just to fill in like, oh, well, no, I one guy it. can't rob a bank alone, so we got to make it three people. Okay. This but is, he doesn't this just is bank robber number one. Yeah. This is bank robber number two. Yeah, like he even when they make it back to the warehouse, he gives John Bernthal this big scene about baby. I fucking love this scene. You know, I love this scene. He's like, what makes him so fucking special? Blah, blah, blah. And like, then he ends his scene by they're all in the elevator. They all parked on different levels of the parking garage. And John Bernthal's like, I get out right. He goes, ding. He goes, here. And he goes, well. You don't see me again, I'm dead. And just fucking leaves. And that's all you see from him again. 
But he did a great fucking job because Edgar Wright gives all these actors the proper tools to work with. I, yeah, John. Just so John Berthold's character kind of has the same thing Bats has going, where he just doesn't trust Baby. Yeah, and he's he's trying to like pr- provoke him into like doing something because Baby really just sits there and zones out. Like, yeah. he, he he doesn't interact with anybody ever because he doesn't want to be part of this life. He doesn't want to be like involved in this. He's just there because he's forced to be there. So. Bernthal's character is like grilling baby and baby's just kind of stoically sitting there and baby always has sunglasses on. So he takes his sunglasses off and he puts them on himself and he starts talking to doc. And as he's talking, baby pulls a second pair of sunglasses out and puts them on. It's also more funny that baby's out of focus as this is. Yeah. Happening. He's like behind John and he's just like, he just puts a second pair on and John like glances back to make a point and he goes, the fuck just stands up and slaps them off his head and walks away. And then baby pulls out a third pair of sunglasses and puts them on. It's like, oh, dude, I just love that scene. And it's great because, like, John Bernthal was kind of going off about him. But, like, after what baby did in the car on that, that getaway scene, like, John Bernthal couldn't be too mad because he does trust baby. And he even said, he's like, I'm not saying he's not good at what he does, but I don't think Jamie Foxx saw that yet. Mm-hmm. So he was so skeptical about the whole thing. And of course, that's when things started to go awry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's that scene where they're, he's listening to his music and they're like swapping cars and he's like, oh, hold on. I got to fix the song. He's and gotta, he's like, I got to rewind. He's it. like rewinding the song and it's like, chink, 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 and it's like, really? It's, it's, it's an early iPod where you had to physically like scroll it backwards. Yeah, to and it was really, I didn't like that when I first saw it, but it's unsettling for a reason because in this scene is when the movie takes its turn for the worst. Yeah. And you're also watching baby kind of like out of his element in a way. Yeah. Like, He's so in tune to music that the second something goes, you know, out of plan, he like freaks out and he has to like, he's like, I got to restart the song. I got to restart. And he makes everybody wait for him to rewind the song. Yeah. And it's like, there, there is something wrong with baby. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's kind of his like escapism. Like he doesn't want to be there. So he escapes into his music. Yeah. And then just drives his ass off. And it's like, the other characters are like unsettled by him. Because he, he he doesn't he doesn't really like it's not like a personal thing to him. He doesn't even want to be yeah, there. Yeah, I mean everyone thinks that he kind of puts himself on this pedestal of I don't have to talk, I don't have to listen, I'm better than all of you. It's like that's not the case though, but you know, he doesn't really bother to give people the time of day to explain that because Doc changes his group of criminals for every job he does. So it doesn't really make sense for Baby to form relationships with these people. Especially since they're bad people and he doesn't want to. He's like literally held hostage into doing this. Yeah, it's- I love when um Lily James's character, Debbie, is he, he tells her that he's a driver. She's like, Oh, like a limousine? He goes, kind of. Yeah. And she's like, uh she's like, um, I wonder if you drive around anyone I know and he goes, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> and then they he takes her out to dinner and Kevin Spacey just happens to be at the restaurant and you know Threatens the shit out of him. Threatens like, oh, your girlfriend's cute. Let's keep it that way. You still work for me. And it's just like, oh, God. And it's like, I forgot where I was going with this. But, you know, yeah, he doesn't bother to 
try to have these good relationships with people because, again, he doesn't want to be bad. He's just forced. He doesn't have an out. And he tries to get out and be a pizza delivery driver. And here's the thing. As a former pizza delivery driver, it's a funny note of just how much money he made from that. Because, like, he started, like, laying, like, all his 20s, 10s, 5s, singles on, like, the table. As a former delivery driver, (laughs) he was making a shit ton of money. So that's a fun little detail because he's such a good, fast driver that people are giving him more generous tips. Like, it's, again, those small details are are fucking perfect. Much like the rest of the fucking movie. Because, yeah, like, I want to do a full review of this, but, like... I granted if people are watching this, they've probably seen the movie, but I don't want to. But you don't it. have to. I, I, I try to tell people that we, we, you know, you can, we're still funny. You can still watch us talk about a movie. Yeah. And when people are like, I can't watch your podcast because I've never seen that movie. No, no, please watch. Please, please. <laughs> we're begging. Please watch. Um. Yeah. I. I really. I. I don't want to go. I didn't even take that many notes, even though at this point I've, I have the movie memorized. Um, I, I just don't like, I'm, I'm trying to give you enough to make you go watch it. Yeah. I mean this movie, like it's weird. Cause like it hits you in like your subconscious of just how smooth this fucking movie is playing out mm-hmm. because of the way that he incorporates his editing style and the music into all the shots. Like it just is so fucking fresh and smooth and there's not a minute where you're bored or where there's like downtime you like it's everything is exciting it, it has that same thing spider-man has where it's just like it's just a good momentum it's just a good oh with the flow. spider-verse yeah spider-verse yeah. It, it just it like it doesn't waste your time like i hate when i'm watching a movie and i'm just i'm counting the minutes it's wasting yeah you like, know even like 2001 Oh, that whole movie was a waste of time. Fucking hate that movie. And again, I don't mean it wasted my time. I mean, it wasted its own time. Like, yeah. you only have a certain amount of minutes in a movie. So you only have a certain amount of time to do stuff. And it was a two and a half hour movie and they to wasted wa- two yeah, to hours. To waste time they doing wasted stuff. so much time. It's like, don't. You're wasting time. I'd rather fill that time with something good, please. Yeah, uh, this, I mean, this movie just, it, it like, it has so much personality, so yeah. much style, and it's so good. It's like, it's just, you can't, once you watch it, there's no other way. And it, it's not even like you have to be, like, into crime movies. You have to be into yeah. car movies. Because the weird thing, though, like, yeah, it, because... It it doesn't feel like a you know a car driving movie and it like a heist movie yeah and it doesn't really feel like it's all crime and this and that it's just it's like it's like they're their own type of like kind of outlaws like you know because yeah. it's weird it's not like it cuts to like you know the precinct and all the cops have like you know candid photos of them on a fucking corkboard like <laughs> huh what are we gonna you know like they're their own little weird group of Criminals. Yeah, there's there's like you can hear in the background sometimes like news reports talking about them, and there's just they have no idea who they like. There's no there's yeah. zero like I think they get a picture of baby it's from a red light camera. Yeah, and that's about it. Like that's yeah. and, and it's like a blurry black and white picture enough where baby straight up he's walking past a cop with all the coffee and just like. 
puts the coffee up against his head, ducks, and then crosses the street. Like any cop in the world wouldn't go, hey, buddy, where the fuck are you going? What the fuck was that all about? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, hmm? He's like, oh, shit. He, like, crosses the street. A cop would be like, all right, I'm following him for the next couple couple blocks. The way of, like, when you when you watch the first half of this movie and just how, like, more upbeat it is, it's like, oh, this is what they do. We have all our established characters. Oh, he's in love with this girl now. And, oh, things are going great. Compared, like, the second half takes a hard left turn. With very minimal, like, uh, momentum. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, this one job goes kind of fucked. But then, like, right after that, this whole movie goes fucking sideways. Yeah. It, so it, fast. Because Bats, Jamie Foxx, wants to go eat fucking, have a late night dinner in the diner where his fucking girlfriend, where baby's girlfriend Debbie works at. And shit just gets so fucking hostile. So fast. And then next thing you know, they all have to hide out in the warehouse and shit. It just that 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 that, that part too is it's it's because the first half of the movie is establishing all these characters. And yeah, it's like then we get to that moment. We all know who these people are, and we know what they're capable of, and we know that they're all fucking psychos. And then to put somebody as innocent as Debbie into that mixture is horrifying. Yeah, because she is literally like she's. Like she, her opening shot is her walking into the diner singing. She's like, um, "What is she singing?" She's like, "Baby, baby, yeah, baby, you want a baby?" And then like, she sees baby just sitting alone with his like recorder. She goes, "Oh, what's this?" And just takes it. She's like, "Oh, testing, testing." Hi, yeah. And it's like, for all she She's knows, innocent and cute. Yeah, and- but for all she knows, baby could be like, "Why the fuck are you touching that? <laughs> Give me that." But she's just so cute and charming where she's like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to take this. Hi. And it's like, that's like. She's also like. Uh, I guess I, she's like a uh, like a mirror to, to baby. Yeah. Compared to him, she's an extrovert. Well, well uh, what I'm saying is like, like she's she's the same as baby where baby has that innocence uh, in him. It's just he's been in this. Envi- he's been in this environment. And and like hardened by it, and then the environment goes to Debbie. Like yeah. she isn't placed in the environment. The environment shows up to her, her diner with baby in tow, and baby knows what is what's at stake. But Debbie is kind of just getting clued into it. Yeah, and like it's, when they walk into the diner, she's so happy to see him, and he's just like a ghost, sir. He's like, don't he's like, and it's it's so unsettling, but. You can see how it's like baby knows what is at stake because he's like in the middle of it. Yeah, and it's a very interesting because like him and him and Debbie are kind of the same yeah. type and of person. And the funniest thing is like how uh, the way they're positioned in the booth. Jamie Fox has like baby like stuck in the booth, mm-hmm. and then when Debbie comes over, so it's like baby, you know, Jamie Foxx's Bat's character, and then Debbie. So. And he's kind of like looking at her and then looking at him and looking at her and looking at him. And he's just like, because Bats is a fucking psycho, but he's smart. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, you know that bitch? And, and Baby's just like, no. You know, and pulls the gun out. Yeah, he like pulls a fucking gun out and he's like, you know that bitch? And it's just, it's 
like uh, and he's like stuffed in the corner of this booth, yeah, and, and he's just like god damn it and you're left to wonder like why do you even care Bats? yeah like it's you're because, so yeah, psychotic that's what i was asking myself but now what it is he finally has something over yeah, baby. he's a psycho that's yeah. all it is and that that's like the terrifying part of it is because we know bats so well by this point yeah but he's a psycho the guy goes into a gas station and steals an entire rack of gum for no reason. Yeah, he's like, he's anybody like, wants some gum? And he just dumps packs of... And and then it's it's not even like the other two are better. It, Buddy Buddy and uh, what, Sweetie? Yeah. Is the other two? John Han and... Uh, something Gazelle. Aaliyah yeah. Gazelle. Um, they're, no, they're no better. They're just as psychotic. Bats goes into the gas station and... Uh, they start making out in the back, and she asks John Ham to kill bats, like and, when the job is done. And he's like giggling, looking into her eyes. He's like, "Oh, baby, you want, you want like, me to kill bats?" She's like, like, "You know yeah. what's romantic? When you stab a guy. Which guy? The guy that looked at you funny. The guy that tried to rob you. The guy that stared at your ass." Yeah, and she's like, "No, I want you to kill bats." He goes, "You want me to kill bats?" She goes, "Obviously, after the job's done." He goes, oh, okay. And it's like all of these people are yeah. psychos, and poor baby's in the middle of it. But yeah, baby's. Just- Baby has protection. Baby has, you know, Kevin Spacey. They yeah, know he's not got, to fuck. He's got Doc. Yeah, they know not to fuck with That's Baby. That's his only form of, of hope. Yeah, but then Debbie gets thrown into this fucking hurricane. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, like, like that's oh. really not good because she has nothing. Yeah, there's the, no, and, like, they could kill her in front of Baby just to prove some kind of. P- but uh, this movie to me I, is a fucking 10 out of 10 flick. Oh, this. Uh, yeah, I. I Hands down. I really can't come up with a thing I don't like. I mean, even anything that you could see as a flaw, it really just gets lost in in the... In everything. In the, in the goodness of it. It's like, you know, maybe you don't... I'd say the one thing that I wouldn't like if it wasn't so good is that it's weird that it's a love story. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very strange story to insert a love aspect. Yeah, like, because I I could even just see this movie as Baby trying to just regain his freedom. Yeah. Like, I'd like to me, that would even be enough. But then again, he doesn't really have a motive to leave until he does meet Debbie. Yeah. But I, I could have seen but that even going. But like, I mean, even... Motive leaving is the motive enough. <laughs> yeah, like I wanting, wanna wanting, do that. yeah, I would want to do that shit either. Yeah, wanting out of that just alone, I totally get. And but then now here's like something at the finish line too. Yeah. It's like just another thing to add on top. Because when they first meet, or like one of their first couple dates, she's like, "Man, I just want to like fill up my car with gas, just head west with." No plans and just listening to my radio. And he like like if his jaw could hit the floor, it would. He's like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah that sounds, and he's oh, like, that sounds and, awesome. And then he's like, okay, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, that's his, like, last straw was just like, I, I can't do this shit. Well, I love later on when uh, he goes into the diner and she's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm getting out of here in like 30 seconds. And then she's like, she's like, is there anything you want? He goes, yeah, I'd like to get out of here. It's like, damn, baby, you, f- you smooth motherfucker. Yeah. She's like, she's like, well, I'm just doing laundry. He's like, let's go. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then they like you know they share a thing ahead. It's like even like not to get too you know not not to huff it too much, but like uh, it's even like a it's like a grander metaphor where 
She's like, do you want anything? He's like, to get out of here. And it's like, yeah, that's what they both want. That's what that, yeah. that's They're what not they just both, saying the diner. It's they want to fucking get out of where they are. They want to get out of their life situations, yeah. that city, the diner, the being single, the yeah. helping people murder people for money. Yeah. <laughs> and her working like these awful shifts. Because when you think bag. about it, because here's the thing. Yeah, the the phone. Because she's, yeah, her boss is a douche. And also the diner's never busy. Mm-hmm. Like she's not making a ton of money there. Yeah. You know, she's like a shit waitress. I'm pretty sure Baby's like the only customer. Yeah. But yeah, like they're like never busy and her boss is a dick. Like, dude, here's the thing. When I worked at that restaurant, dude, no one would come in my last few months of working there. And my boss was a psycho. I I was never more fucking depressed. I was just taking shots at the bar. Like no one was in this restaurant. Yep. And I was just alone at the bar. I'd log into my Netflix on the the TV behind the bar and just put on movies I wanted to watch. I'd order food from the kitchen and just drink until my boss would pass out. I'd lock the restaurant and go home <laughs> for like a solid two months. I was making no money. <laughs> and now they closed down. Yay. Yay, they got bought out. Yay, good. So, they turn into a parking lot. Yeah. Well, actually, the restaurant down the street bought them out. I know. That's why I hope they turn into a parking uh, yeah. lot. <laughs> this is why I sold it. A car parking? Yes. That's what um, it was being used for already. But yeah, man. I mean, you know, the, like, there were grand metaphors in this, you know? There were bigger, you know. I love the uh, the gun dealer. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's a... All the characters are so weird, too. Him especially. The, the gun dealer calls himself the butcher, so he talks about all the guns like they're pieces of meat. Yeah. He's like, would you like the fine cut tenderloin or he's like, like a, box of, a grenades. box of grenades? And then he's like, he's like anything from when you're smoking pigs. And it's like, it's like, we get it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> nice. you're like that's kind of annoying, but that's, you're not supposed to like that guy. Yeah. You know, he's annoying. You're supposed to find him annoying. Like he's dumb. I, just, I do like, I just like the smoking pigs yeah. double entendre. It's like, hey, he's talking about smoking a pig. And shooting a cop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, dude, there were just so many great aspects to this movie. And like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about the ending because I don't want to spoil it. If it's people so haven't crazy, seen it, but it, it's it's such a perfect ending. Like, just to put it this way, something happens to um, what John Hamm's character, mm-hmm. and like, you know, shit kind of hit the fan. Cops are kind of swarming the city, and baby like goes into a diner. And John Hamm is just sitting there, like, just drinking coffee, just staring down into it. And he has, like, a pistol folded into a newspaper. And he's like, hey, baby. It's so and he's terrifying. And he's, like, the last person that baby wants to he see He goes right there now. to get Debbie because it's the diner. Yeah. He goes there to get Debbie. And John Hamm is sitting at the fucking bar. And he's like, have a seat, baby. And you're like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> No, and at I this know, point, dude, it's like it, the tension is just bonkers. Yeah, uh, yeah. This not only is this the last person Baby wanted to run into, it's the last person he should have ran into. Yeah, like this is the this is the monkey wrench in the machine. Yeah, this is the one thing like that's now preventing a clean getaway. And it that, like without and John Ham, they might have had a chance. Now they're fucked. But that's what's what's crazy to me though is like how that did play out kind of smoothly. Yeah. Was how, like, John Hamm, throughout this whole movie, loved Baby. Like, a lot. 
like he was always like you tell him baby whenever like john bernthal or jane crocodile rock give him shit yeah he he was always like what you're listening to baby oh uh fucking that queen song uh, yeah crocodile rock no that was uh that's elton john it was something bright and rock something rock but yeah it was by queen and you know he was always like yeah man like listening to his tunes that's his like getaway song yeah (laughs) and then at the end though the way that it turns and now it's like John Hamm kind of turns into this like almost lead antagonist and you're just like, whoa, but it like turns to a fucking monster. Yeah. He turns it. Yeah. Literally a fucking like, yeah, a, a fucking monster. And it worked so well. And you were just like, and you could see how it would happen though, because it, it, the setup of the movie is kind of leading you to this place where it's like, okay, this is like a, it's like a boiling point. Yeah. It's like you're watching water heat up. And at this point, the water is fully boiling. Like, yeah. you're just like. <laughs> and what I love about a movie like Baby Driver is like, if you really look at it and you're watching it for the first time, it's like you can maybe kind of go on the assumption that he's going to get away with Deborah. But like what I love about Edgar Wright movies is this has gone for every single one of them. I have no fucking idea how they were supposed to end. I've seen so many movies where I'm like, well, yeah, I know this is going to end. You know? Usual suspects. <laughs> oh, I saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, totally. I, yeah. I knew Usual Suspects oh. was going to end that way. Oh. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I would have I bet my car on it. It was going to end that way. But yeah, dude, it's like I love movies where I have no fucking idea how they're going to end. Even well, if it's kind of shitty. I'm like, well, how is this going to fucking end? Yeah. You know, like. Well, that that's the beauty of baby driving being its own movie. Yeah. No franchise around. In, in its own little world. At the time, it didn't have a sequel. I don't know what the deal with the sequel is right now. Yeah, because he was talking about it. But, dude, I thought it had such a good ending. I, yeah, I just that, don't think it that needs. That and the Joker movie, I thought. Yeah, what the fuck is going on with that? I mean, here's I, the it, thing. You and me saw Joker in theaters, and we were blown away. Yep. But it got too popular too fucking fast. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like not it's into DC it. DC finally has something people like. But notice how DC only does good when they're not attached to these franchises. Like, look at, you know, obviously the Dark Knight trilogy. That was its own private little thing. This Joker movie, its own little thing. You know, it's like. Yeah, anything outside. I, there's, I, I, I think it's anything outside their studio. Yeah. Their in-house studio fucking blows dick. Horrible. Dude, The Flash, I heard, got a worse box I, office I, opening than Black Adam. Why do they keep trying I with know. that fucking character? The show sucked. The movie sucked. They brought Michael Keaton back in as Batman. And yeah. That's and then, such a letdown. And then tried to sell the movie on that alone. Like, no dipshit. It's a Flash movie. Yeah. It, it would be like if I wrote a Batman movie and like, look- Jack Nicholson is in it. He's here. But he's playing the character from The Shining. It's like, okay. Yeah. Baby Driver 2 is popping up on IMDb, but there is nothing said about it. There, I think there is not a poster. It says, be, it says, be the first to add a plot. Like, there's no plot. It just says- Isn't it's Ansel div- Egort in some shit? Didn't he get, like, Me too I don't think so. Oh, I think he did. Oh, yeah, I think it was something I, so, with a sixteen-year-old. No, I thought. Some, I think it was allegations. I don't know yeah. if they ever proved it, but yes, yeah, obviously. Well, Kevin Spacey too, but I, I, he, for reasons you'll understand if you see the movie, he wouldn't be in the sequel. Yeah. 
Well, actually, Kevin Spacey's acting again. Yeah, but no studio would let him onto their movie. Uh, you never know. Not a big studio. Not you know. Yeah. Um, Sony. I the, think, yeah the 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 Joker movie the new this Joker sequel from what I've seen looks okay. Isn't yeah. that Lady Gaga in it? Yeah, she plays Harley Quinn. Okay. Which could be interesting. I don't know. It could. It's just, you know what it is? I don't know it's where all... they're going to take the story. That's what kind of worries me. I don't know where you could go from Joker to, 1. To me, it's just all so recent. It's like they just did the Joker, and they keep doing these like Harley Quinn spinoff movies, and I just, I just keep fucking hearing about them. Well, they're trying to compete with fucking Disney money. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, holy fuck. It's like, can you pump the brake for a fucking minute? It's like, notice how you keep pumping out shit, and it's not doing well. Maybe sit down and read the fucking script. Mm-hmm. Take proper <laughs> notes and stop just fucking doing this. And why does their CGI always look so fucking bad? It always looks like fucking dog shit. It looks like a student film where someone just gave this kid like, here's a couple dollars for CGI. And he's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. And he did the best he could. This movie, like, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't fucking do it anymore. I don't want to ever watch a fucking a superhero, a supervillain. I don't want yeah, to watch any of them ever again. Marvel's not too much better. Well, so I, I, I have not seen a Marvel movie since Endgame. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we saw several. Oh well, we were for yeah for the podcast for the pod, we watched yes. for the podcast we watched. I haven't willingly Ant- seen yeah, Marvel movie yeah. for for our podcast. We had to see fucking Ant Man three and. Spider Man doesn't count. I won't Spider-Man count Spider Man. Spider Man's not a Marvel movie. That would, that That's was its a own movie. thing. It's an association. Um, God damn it. You know what it is? Um, the way the animation uh, industry works is fucking horrible. Like, it doesn't work. The way it works is Disney goes to a company and they say, we need 300 scenes, this, this, and that. But they don't specify how much work each scene is. Like, a scene could be, like, in Baby Driver, all the graffiti on the walls, that's all CGI. Yeah. That's as easy as just putting, you know, words on a wall. A scene could be that, or a scene could be, yeah, uh, do uh, the entire fight between Thanos and the Hulk. And there's no way of knowing what you're going to get until you have it, but they always give the same amount of time. They're like, yeah, so we need, like, 300 scenes in, like, a year. And they're like, like oh, okay, great. And then it's like one scene could be, you know, Ant Man jumping off a pubic hair, and then the next scene, yeah, and then the next scene could be the entire end of Endgame, and it's like, yeah, and, and, yeah, these poor fucking animators, like, and then just and to, to like put that much work into something, give it your all, and then ship it out to us when we're we're just gonna make fun of it. It's a horrible industry, man. <laughs> yeah, man. What the fuck? But then you they know, need to get their you shit know, together. It, with it the, goes down to the lowest of the low because you have the studio head who approves. Well, yeah, that's it's not the animator's fault. No, it's the studios that, that studio design the system. That you know, obviously says this is your budget. Get this done, and then you have the workers that do it. Then the movie gets shipped out, and then it gets shown, and then it gets reviewed, and then you and me hear about these reviews. Like, oh, I heard it was good. I heard it was bad. All right, well, let's go see it and do our review. Then it gets reviewed by us. Then it gets put on YouTube <laughs> and TikTok. And then people review our review and mainly tell us we're not funny. So it goes all the way down. Pretty crazy. Yeah, well, the, 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 so the studios make the animators do shit and, and then they don't care. 
Yeah. It's like the studios like give these impossible fucking. Yeah. It's, it's all bullshit. It's, but anyway, do you have any more notes on this? No, no. My only note is go see the movie. Yeah. See fucking baby driver. I know it came out like, like six years ago, but I think it's on Hulu. I rented it on YouTube. It's three bucks. I saw it on YouTube TV with, uh, it has ads, but it's great. I have it on DVD if anybody wants to come over. Well, then you have to tell them where you live. No! He lives on...